Ask the Podcast Coach for April 15th, 2017. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is, that lovely music that makes you want to get up and shake your butt. Uh, welcome to Ask the Podcast Coach. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the School of Podcasting.com. And if you're new to the show, this is where you can come and get your podcast questions answered live. Just go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash uh, join, and that'll get you right there. And uh, joining me, always happy to see him on Saturday morning, the one and only Jim Collison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. Happy, uh, like, what's that Saturday between Good Friday and Easter? I can never, like, we got a good name for Good Friday and a great name for Sunday, but what what's Saturday? Is it, like, Depression Saturday or I think it's Blue Saturday? Blue Saturday. Um, Blue Saturday. They just sat around like he's dead. Easter Eve. I, I'm i not quite yeah. sure. what Easter weekend here, yeah. and uh, and uh, it's always good to be back on Ask the Podcast, Coach. Yeah, so, uh, and it's tax day, technically, right? Yeah, I think right. you have till no. the till Monday, Monday, right? Yeah, I think you have till Monday to post market. So, Did you get it, yours done, turned in. Oh uh, no, that's hey, one listen. of the things that I'm doing oh, this weekend yikes. too. Yeah, it's, yikes. listen, Texas as a podcaster, especially here in the United States, is super interesting. And I've I've said this before, but if you're using affiliate links and you're getting, you know, you're getting Amazon payments or you're billing customers directly, and they have a W two or W four on file for you, yeah. you got to get that part right. And so don't. You might want to consult the tax, especially if you have a bunch of them. You might want to get a tax guy to help you. Yeah. And then especially to help you write off what you're buying. Because oftentimes you're buying material stickers or even the equipment you use, even the section of your home that you're using for podcasting can all be written off. So, but you got to do it right. So make sure it's, it's maybe not for this tax season. Maybe it's a little late, Dave, yeah. to consult the tax guy now or gal. But uh, maybe next year get a tax person. Yeah, it's always fun paying quarterly taxes and all that other just and I track every like now I, I I'm gonna try. I bought that uh Steve Martin masterclass and hmm. technically I, I count that as education. It's really good. It just came out this weekend and uh it's you know me, if you can make me think. Yeah. Cause I thought it's not like he hasn't got to the part like what's funny yet, but he's just explaining how like how he said he goes, You guys don't realize I started off with nothing, zero, because yeah. I didn't think I was funny. I, he goes, I got a job on the Smothers Brothers show by accident, you know, and he, he uh, Smothers Brothers, Steve's been doing this a long time, long time. And it's long time. It's interesting because he's, you know, he went gray, who knows when I've always known him with gray hair, but that's when you realize that he, he, he didn't look that old. He just had gray hair early and now he is technically kind of old. I'm sure. I'm not sure how old he is. But it's weird. in his 70s. Yeah, but it's weird because it's and it's really cool because it's him just talking to the camera. It's like he's talking right to you. And then they'll show a clip of him from like, I don't know, the Mike Douglas show or something. I don't know what it was. And you're like, wow, he really he has been doing this a, a while. But 71 I, years. He was born on August 14th, 1945. But he talks about how when he was doing stand up and this applies to podcasting. And, and you're going to hear me talk a lot about Steve Martin in the future. I, I guarantee you. But he did one thing that I was like, hmm. He said back then. He was wearing, you know, tie-dye shirts or a turquoise thing, turquoise jewel. He goes, he was kind of a hippie, had long hair. And he said, all you had to do was say Nixon and the place would go crazy. He says the, the politics and the, the times, he goes, that was it. He goes, and everybody was doing politic humor and, and you know, anti-establishment. And he goes, and he sat back and said, I want to do something. He goes, sometimes we just want to get away. We need a break from the politics and the fact that the government stinks. And he's, and he's went back and he said, I wanted to 
be funny without telling jokes. And I went back and looked at him like he kind of that's what he did. And a lot of times it was yeah. just he was just Every silly. Arrow through the head and he played his banjo a lot and he made up funny songs on his banjo. Yeah. And I remember that they played a skit of his where he's like, repeat after me. I will da 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 da. And they're yeah. like, and it's audio. I will do this. I will set to da 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 da. I will da 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 da. And then the last thing he says, and I will never repeat other things people say. And I was like, that's just goofy. You know what I mean? So. Um, I, I yeah. did, I, you know, to me, I've always said sometimes it's, it's time to zag when everybody else is, is zigging. Well, he was also clean when everybody was going, Oh yeah. you know, you think of, so we have what in that era, we have Richard Pryor and oh, we yeah. have, um, Oh, who's the white guy that got real George real Carlin, famous. George Carlin. Yeah. And of course, Carlin was going, I mean, Carlin was, they were all proud to be swearing, filthy, yeah. dirty. I mean, you know, that's just the style of humor. And Steve Martin stays fairly clean for for most of what he does. And uh, so he went against the grain that way. He went against the grain. And by the way, no guarantee of success in the in that, those days, Dave. I mean, I'm, I remember listening to that album you just referenced, right? Yeah. That came out on vinyl. Yeah. My brother bought it. And we listened to it over and over. Oh, man. One, we listened to it because I could. My mom would let us listen to it because yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't dirty. But um, – he definitely, that was not a guarantee of success in what he was doing. He was going cross culture, across the grain. And I think in podcasting sometimes too, we have to think like, hey, I'm going to do some things and it may go against conventional wisdom. And it may not guarantee, I st- plenty of people probably did some things that failed. Right. But he, he stuck with it and doesn't guarantee success. I think that's the, some people think that hard work and effort and even talent guarantees success. No, I don't think it does. We're, there's... I, I was following you, I think a conversation you were having about this S town and yeah. on Facebook and, you know, oh, some of the smaller podcasters, every time a big podcast makes it big, some of the small folks jump in there and get a little sideways. Is it really that good? Blah, blah. You know what? It's really that good. I mean, yeah. there's talent there and it does take some talent and it does take some effort and it does take some luck. Yeah. And getting some of those things done. Here's that comment. He says, so this is from Sean Ray says S town. Uh, is an extremely popular podcast, but is it a game changer? It seems to me that the wonderful thing about what we do is that anybody can give it a shot, which is true. Anybody can podcast. Um, You don't have a ton of money. Um, You don't have to have a ton of money or a lot of talent to do an episode and see if it sticks. That's true. You don't have to have talent. You don't have to. Yeah, It helps if (laughs) you do. Uh, But to do what you're going to Let's see. But to do what they're doing, you have to have an incredible amount of money, not incredibly, well, a team of editors and producers and a lot of journalistic talent. So is it fair to put them in the same category as a show like mine that just records with a laptop and a Skype connection? I'm not saying that they're stealing listeners because people are going to listen to what they want, but they, but are they changing the game? Is podcasting going to become something that you really, uh, that you have to really invest a lot of money into and eventually become something that the average Joe can't do? Well, it's, his question there is, is it fair, right, to put him in the same category? And last time I checked, I didn't know if we had categories. And it was every man for himself. That's it. In podcasting, right? There is no there's no government regulation. There's no board of, of approvers. There's right. no academy of, well, I guess there is an academy now. But, you know, there is, there's, there's no governing board on this. And so I don't know if you can ask that question. It's like, hey, look, here's the deal. They're out there. You're out there. There's no such thing as fairness in this case. There's one category. There's one category. It's called content producers. Right. You know, and I I did count at the end of S-Town. They had 20 people, 20 people, two people working on the music alone. And you can. Yeah, but all those people weren't working full time, right? No. 
And, no, I mean, a dog walks by and they write down the name. Well, and you know? yeah. And so, <laughs> but my whole thing was, you know, again, there are, when we did the, the podcast awards at, um, I'm, I'm just thinking of it. It wasn't, it wasn't Todd's pod. It was the Academy of something. It was the one a podcast movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were all sorts of ESPN versus, you know, Nick Suberling, you know, and to me, I'm like, wait a minute, that guy got nominated in a, a category that had 10 people working on it. Now, did they win? No, but they were nominated. They were just as good to get nominated. So I'm, I get really worried when I, and I, I, I vomit in my mouth more than a little bit when I hear the phrase procaster, when I hear the phrase procaster, I'm like, Wait, and mm, I just, I hate to see that we're like, we want to have our own little, you know, we want to be, we want to officially be the minor league. And I'm like, no, no, you, to me, I'm just like, no. But as soon as we do that, as soon as we put ourselves in the minor league, we, we undermine and undervalue exactly. what we provide. And yeah. I, let's, let's not do that. Like, let's, let's go head to head and, and okay, they got 10 people and they got money. You could do that you could gather a team and, and they fundraise and they're in the right situation to be right. able to get the dollars and the funds, but you could do that too. No one's stopping you from doing that. You've just chosen to do a hobby podcast or a, a solo podcast or whatever you're doing. You've made that choice to do that. So do, don't, I don't think we should look at them negatively. I think how do I always say, man, how do we, how do we lock into those, to, into that wave and write it? I mean, yeah. there's some great stuff that they're doing. Let's not, let's not bite the hand that feeds us. Well, and some, plus some. they're going to bring more people into, you know, as much yeah. as, I mean, I'll right. be the first to say I get bombed every time there's a new article out and it's, you know, the nerdist Mark Marin, serial S town, uh, this American life. They're all like here podcast. You need to listen to I'm like, everybody's already listening to those shows, you know, but well, you, on the other hand, if you're going to point people to something, you want to point them to something good. So I get that. So I, I'm the first to get like jealous of that. But on the other hand, you know, they're not going to, those people might really get into podcasting and then start searching for other topics and then they might find you. Yeah. And you'd said in pre-show, like you had gotten, you did not make this Cleveland yeah. podcasters list. Right. And it, that's a little sad. You're like, Oh, what do I got to do to get on that list? And you know what? That's a great question. What do you have to do, Dave? So now that you know, I mean, what kind of circles do you need to run in? If you, if you want to be included in that, well, what do you need to do? I that's sucked my question. minions on them. I said, Hey people, I didn't make this list. Can you go over and leave in the comments? How did you leave out Dave Jackson? And you know what? Right on. They did. And I was right like, on. all right, my yeah. minions, I will seek that's, them on you. That's the power of influence. Yeah. If you have it, if you have it, use it. Yeah. Um, you but know, I, so I guess my whole thing was, I don't know if, if uh, Sean is looking for like fame and fortune maybe, or, you know, and to me, it goes back to why do you podcast? And there's a great quote. I, um, I bought a new Michael Hyatt course because I was like, hey, let's spend money on something I'm probably not going to watch. Um, but I, I, I am enjoying it. It's about how to write a book faster because I, I really got a couple books in me that just want to come out knowing that they're not going to sell a lot. But I just to me, I want to for it's something I want to do. Um, and he said, when you when you lose the why, if you if you lose your why, you lose your way. And I was like, oh, bumper sticker, my friend. Come on. That's that was awesome. And I think that's a lot of it. Like, why are you getting into podcasting? And I think this guy's like, well, I want to be you know, who doesn't want to be big. We all want to be big. 
But if it's like, well, if I can't beat cereal, then I'm going to quit. Well, then quit now because they've got a bigger team. Not saying that you can't beat cereal because after all, cereal didn't win the, the popular people's choice award, even though they had, you know, a million downloads in 36 seconds or whatever the stat is this week. Uh, but I, I get worried about that. Um, so yeah, it was an interesting conversation. I just, I I'm, I'm with you. I just, when we start like, let's put ourselves in our own little league. I'm going to take my ball and go home. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to stay in the big boy league and I'm going to, you know, I, um, yeah, figure out how to compete there. I, figure it out. Right? I, I'll give you an example. Um, I wrote a post about this. Um, April's a fun month for me. Both my parents died in April. <laughs> There's all sorts of stuff, but I was reflecting on my dad and my dad would not let me win at ping pong. When I was growing up, I was like fifth, sixth grade. He's whatever age he is. And he just wouldn't let me win. You know, it was like, but the funnest part was when I was in like seventh grade and I have like the wingspan of like an orangutan. Like I think I impart orangutan. And so I was getting good. And I remember the first game I beat him. He was like, all right, you little stinker, you know, um, best two out of three. And I beat him the second game and he got a little even more mad. And I think he won the third because he's all right, three out of five. You know, so then he won one and then I beat him again. And it was funny because they dropped the S word, which my dad did not cuss. But that made it even more hilarious when you're in seventh grade and your dad's cussing in front of you. Um, But on the other hand, I won him. You know, I beat him fair and square and I wouldn't have gotten any better if he just started missing things on purpose and letting me win. So I am definitely one of those people that not everybody gets a participation trophy um, kind of thing. (laughs) But that's how you get better. So to me, I'm like and I'll give you an example of something that I'm doing now. Uh, Chris Coran, and I, I hear him every time I, I do an interview is let's say I'm interviewing somebody and they're on a high LPR 40. Oh, doggone it. See, I said the magic word. Now I got to, oh, now you got to play it. Right. Uh, and speaking of that, congratulations to Emily on having her chit. So here's Mr. High LPR 40 now talking to me on it. And I found that when I interview somebody on a high LPR 40, that, I, when I, I then, if you listen to the last episode I did, and this is not a knock on um, Natalie. Natalie has a high LPR 40, and I just did, did the typical Skype recording, recorded us both on the same channel, made sure we're at the same level. But she was kind of muddy because of the high LPR 40 because, again, it's it's nice and warm. But through Skype, and even though I recorded it as a WAV file, she was a little muddy in my opinion. So I went in and cut out all the bass of that track. Well, that also cut out the bass on me, who wasn't muddy. So I sounded a little thin. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to, when I record somebody, I uh, basically went in and, you know, I split people right and I split me left. So if I need to EQ somebody a little differently, I, I can. That's just something when I talked to Chris Coran about it, um, I asked him, what could I, I do differently on my show? And he said, well, it's just me. And I, that's when I said, well, Remember, that's coming from an audio engineer, so of course he's going to pick on the audio a little bit. But I was like, that would be easy to do. And after doing that episode, I was like, that's really not a bad idea. If you can split the tracks, it's grand. It used to be I didn't worry about this. And, and for the record, I see where uh, uh, I see where Chatwing is making us log back in. I did change that setting. It's set to zero. Uh, but going back to the whole audio thing, it's one of those things that it won't take much time for me to do. I probably won't need to do it most of the time. But if I do, I have that option now to uh, to be able to uh, EQ people uh, differently. So it, it is nice to be able to have that separate channel. I've done 305 episodes in one channel. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Alphonic. Dave, I do not know how I survived without <laughs> Alphonic. Like 
how the heck did I get through 300 podcasts and not have that thing covering my back? So I've been using it every week when we drop, when I drop the, and it's just an extra step, right? I just upload it. I've been using the website about the credits, 11 bucks a month or something like that. Yeah. Something, something ridiculously cheap. And uh, man, that is great. So that's another great way that'll clean up some stuff for you as well. If you've gotten, if you've got some bad audio and you're a single track guy like me. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, Ryan Powell, had asked, is there a way to make all the tracks the same volume and audacity? Each person's track is at different loudnesses. Well, that would be one. Export those tracks to Wave, run them through Alphonic, and then bring them back into Audacity. And uh, that's what I do. Anytime I do an episode where, um, you know, like I do the thing at the end of the month where you can answer a question, and um, then I bring my audience in. I run everybody through Alphonic. And that's another one where it's like, hmm, I should be EQing these because you do get a wide variety of different stuff. But in the end, you know, that's one of the things, if you have time, sure. And if I had a staff of 20, sure. I don't. Can you understand what they're saying? Yes. Is it the same volume? Yes. Then who cares? I'll, I'll survive without that. Um, yes, this how is the... How, how do people join us, Dave? What's, yeah, the, what's the new way? Go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join, or you can just put it in the chat room. So Aaron has a question. Also wanted to say uh, congratulations to uh, two people. Uh, one is Mike Dell celebrating today 12 years in podcasting. The other person is me celebrating 12 years of podcast. I was back on April 6th. So I must have come in like a week or two right before Mike um, back in the, the day. So um, I don't know if I have a day. I, I imagine I do. Yeah. I think the very first time I podcasted was with, with Dave McCabe on Home Server Show. And I want to say maybe April of 2009, I think, maybe, is, is what I is what I want to say. So what, what does that make? It's eight? Yeah. Eight years? I'm probably, no, I'm probably at the eight-year mark. I don't, I don't have a day, but I'm probably at the eight-year mark. I had somewhere. to go back and look. My very first uh, Musician's Cooler podcast was April 5th. And I was impressed to a certain extent. It sounds pretty, you know, awful like a first podcast, but I actually had like intro music and sound effects and things like that. But that's because I'd been listening to podcasts for a while when I did that. Um, so Aaron has it. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Aaron has this question. We're rebranding our podcast and I need to know the best way to go about it, mainly in Libsyn. Should we keep our RSS the way it is and just change the name and cover art? He's answered his own question. Yeah. Here's the thing. Cause people get freaked out about the slug, the Libsyn slug. And let me explain what the Libsyn slug is. So for me, it's school of podcasting. School of podcasting is my slug for, for, uh, oddly enough, the school of podcasting show. So my Libsyn feed is school of podcasting.libsyn.com slash RSS. And the only people that see that are you, if you want to go digging for it and the Libsyn team. So if, when you email Libsyn at support at Libsyn.com and say, Hey, I, I'm trying to do something and it's not working. I'm trying to submit my show to, to iTunes and it says I'm missing the description and categories. If you throw in your slug, I can look up your account like that. And that's the cool thing of it. Uh, but if you think about it, when you subscribe to a podcast in an app, it doesn't show you what the RSS feed is when you're in Overcast or podcast app or things like that. So it really, you know, doesn't, it's not really meant for human eyes. It's meant for apps. So uh, I'll give you an example. I, um, I do a show called the the uh, uh-huh, Podcast News Flash, and it's at podcastnewsflash.com. Originally, I was going to call it the School of Podcasting News something. My lips and slug is SOP News. Well, guess what? I, after I did like two episodes like this, doesn't make any sense. Let's call it Podcast News Flash. 
Now, I could have changed my slug to podcastnewsflash.libson.com, but who cares? Now, here's the thing, though. That that slug is in every link to every file you put out to your Libsyn page if you're using it. If you want to see example of the Libsyn page, go to the story behind podcast.com. Emily's using the Libsyn page. Um, it's a link to your RSS feed. It's a link to everything. And if you change that bad boy, if you change it, that means every file on every website needs replaced. That means your RSS feed in iTunes goes dead. And there's no way now to tell your subscribers, hey, I've changed the slug. So you lose all of your subscribers. Let me repeat that again. You're going to lose all of your subscribers. You're going to start from scratch. And I explain that to people and there are still people that are really into branding that will still have me change their slug. And I'm like, okay, sure. As long as you understand, here are the things. So yeah. So to answer, go back to Aaron's question, easiest thing to do. Um, change the artwork. Oh, and when you change the artwork, change the file name. So if it was, you know, logo.jpg, make it logo two. Make sure it meets the all the artwork specifications. So at least 1400 by 1400, all the way up to 3000 by 3000. Asterisks, real important asterisks, and I'm glad we're talking about artwork. Um, it has to be 500 kilobytes or less. So just change that, change the name, and bingo. If you want to let your audience know, hey, you're going to see things change, nothing's wrong, you could do that too. But here's the other thing. Apple rebranded, he said, looking for the link. The podcast app is now, I cannot find it. If somebody want to find it, it was on the Mac OS Ken or one of the, here we go, the 9to5Mac.show. Apple has rebranded the podcasting to now Apple Podcasts. And I'm thinking this is it because I had a ton of tickets this week at Libsyn where all of a sudden iTunes quit updating. Now there's two things. Number one, if you just submitted a podcast, please remember that it's going to take 24 hours for your episode to show up in the Libsyn and in the uh, iTunes listing. But if you subscribe to your show, which you should, uh, you'll see it's there. So it'll take 24 hours for that to show up. But this was like people like it's been three days. It's still not updating. Yes, it's in my feed, but it's still not in the iTunes listing. And it's because their artwork was just, in some cases, like um, I had one show, their artwork was 1,200 by 1,200, which is what it used to be. And so all of a sudden we're like, what's what's going on that now all of a sudden Apple's getting picky again? Uh, and it's because they're doing this rebranding thing is my guess. I, I cannot. Or some new code was introduced yeah. or something. You yeah. know, they, but, they, it, In the rebrand, they probably pushed some new code forward that's checking for that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm... Uh, I'll be the first to say, wait a minute, How do, what does updating have to do with artwork? I'm with you on that. They seem complete, but I'm just telling you, I was amazed when I started working for Libsyn how many problems are solved by making sure your artwork meets the Apple specifications. And we are talking Apple now. These are people that like things to look pretty. So if your artwork, you know, and, and how you do that, let me um, let me share my screen because this is how I, uh, how I do that. If I do here, that is screen... Uh, here, I'll share this screen, which will create this weird kaleidoscope thingy. And if I go to what you want to do is you want to right click on your artwork. So I'll just go in here and, and this is all I, you can see. I download artwork all the time. So here I'll, I'll pick on, uh, this is uh, Sex with Emily. She's been doing it since 2005. Well, I should say doing podcasting since we're... <laughs> <laughs> Let's rephrase that. Uh, so I'm going to right-click on her artwork and go to Properties. 
and that brings up this. Now I'm doing this on a PC. So I can see here, number one, her file size is not under 500 kilobytes. So that's not going to work. And then if I go to details, I can see where her artwork is 1200 by 1200. So her artwork did not meet. And that's why she was having a problem with that. So, you know, this is where you can either go into your artwork. Uh, there are all sorts of cool programs you can use to, uh, you know, update that with, um, well, here, let me just do this. Uh, I'm, now I use the poor man's Photoshop, so it's called Corel Paint Shop Pro, but there are a ton of things online uh, that you could do this with. And so I'm just going to go in here and go image resize. Now you have to be careful with this and I'll say, let's make it the minimum 1400 by 1400. So that's done. And then when you go to save, and this is why I like JPEGs. I don't think you can compress a PNG file. Uh, here in this program, I can go options and go run the optimizer and I can see that I can, you know, so here it's at 800 kilobytes and I can just drag this down and say, look, you know, this now that's too much. I just need it to be under 500. So there we go. 539, 470. And I could say, okay, and save that. And it's going to say, do you want to replace the original version? Now here again, I would want to give it a new file name. I'd want to call mm -hmm. this whatever it was, but it's really that easy. Um, another cool website. I, Dave, before you move on to that, I mean, with the, with the, you know, the file name, yeah. I, I put this file size in the name. So I know what it is. So logo 1400, and then maybe even append the date that you, you edit yeah. it, the dates in the properties. So it's there, but it often is helpful. It separates or it differentiates the file. It gives it an ugly file name, but almost nobody ever sees that. The other thing that does for me is if I am looking and I can't find it in my own stuff and I've got to go to Google to find it, it's really easy to find your own file that way if you've, you know, if you've labored, labeled it appropriately. So file name, file size, like if it's a 14 by 14, I'll just do 1400 and then append the date to the end. I love the fact that Google switches. I'm all sitting there freaking out like, oh, I got to go click on Jim, but it does that automatically. Uh, can you see Pixlr at this, at this point? Yeah. Okay. Pixlr yep. is P-I-X-L-R dot com. And this is a free website. And I'm going to click here on launch the web app. It's been a long time since I've been at this website. And it's telling me I have to install Flash. Really? Okay. Well, if you have Flash installed, it also is a really free program that you can, it has that kind of ad compression to your, uh, so if you need to compress and you're like, I don't want to buy Paint Shop Pro. Can uh, you do that in Canva too? Will Canva have some compression? Do you know? I don't. I want to say I don't think so. I know you can resize. I don't know that you can resize it even in camp. You can choose. I don't, you know, I don't know. Because everything. I, I mean, do, if you really want to go poor, man, I mean, paint on Windows will do that for you true. as well. It doesn't have the compression tool in it, but it does. If you need to resize and you need to do it quickly, you can just drop into paint, choose the size, just resize it. It'll bring it down for you or bring it up. It's better. You remember, you always want to start with the largest file and work your way down, not the other way around, right? You don't want to start with a small file and work your way up. Uh, here he comes, Mr. Toolman. Um, uh, Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity to Podcast. He says, I love IMG.com. That's the domain. Uh, I love IMG.com and Optimizilla. I'm going to copy these and put them in the show notes. He said, um, those are two places that will compress things down. So there we go. Uh, here's another thing. And I, I, uh, we can all chime in on this. If you're using cast, which I've done for a while, I don't do a lot of interviews. And most of the time it's funny. I'm paying 10 bucks a month. And if it's somebody that's on Skype, I just use Skype. I don't have any problems with Skype. I know a lot of people are like, 
you know, I think it depends on where you're at, but for me, I don't have a whole lot of problem. And, um, Chris Curran from, um, podcastengineeringschool.com. He says an update on cast, which is a service I was using to record sessions with clients. It crashed on me twice yesterday and it ruined an important client session. And I can say I lost one for one of my clients. Uh, the company did not bother to address my subsequent questions and actually suggested that I leave the platform. Boy, there's, there's good old fashioned customer service. This again, according to Chris, after I found their unresponse unacceptable. So apparently I'm not sure, you know, if they have, this is one of the things you have to check. Do they have support on the weekend or not, depending on where he's at, but he says very disappointing. So now I no longer endorse cast. Use it as your own risk. FYI, uh, the way they handle their audio recording is very risky. So he says, the good news is Zencaster now gives you the option to turn off that audio ducking thing. I'm not sure what he was talking about, but okay. This is a game changer plus Zencaster and Zencaster Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R is able to record each participant in wave resolution audio or MP3, your choice. I'm sure Zencaster isn't perfect. It's not. I've, I've, uh, well, I'll talk about that in a second, but I've spoken to the founder, Josh. We've had him on this show. Uh, before, and he seems like a good guy. So now I'm using Zencaster for all my client sessions. Yeah, I had Zencaster once kind of wig out on me and I'll give them credit. It recovered and uploaded fine. So that's one of those where it's like, did it really, you know, if the tree falls in the woods, does it make a sound? If in the end you have a finished product that worked, did it really mess up? Because it, it fixed itself. You're using the internet, people. Like <laughs> there's going to be problems with them all. Yeah. You are using the internet. Like, it's only, you're only as good as your weakest link. And if, if any of these tools, if you don't have the right bandwidth across it, you're not, it's, it's, it, and oftentimes it's not them, it's you. I hate to say that. And I'm not your problem. It's just, it's the connections you're trying to make or, or what have you. Dave, I'm, I read that post and usually the only time a customer gets fired is when they've been unreasonable with customer assistance. That so, you know, I kind of, I, you kind of cringe when you're like, I, I don't know of too many companies that will fire their own customers unless they get belligerent. And I've seen that time and time again, podcasters can be the most unkind people we proven by what we see in Facebook with it. And you know, you get more, you get more done with honey, right? You, you tracked more with honey than you do with any, with, with anger yeah. or with discontentment. So, you know, in that, in that case, again, I'm not defending them, but it, in these situations, any of them that we use Zencaster or Cast or any of those, it's there's so many factors that things depend on. And guess what? If you've done the interview and it didn't work, there's no way you're going to get it back. So that's my <laughs> thing. I, I had a, a client of mine. Unless she recorded locally or did some other. Yeah, things, and she ended up. She was able to get their ver their side of the conversation. I'll give them credit. They were able to do that, but there was no way for it to automatically stitch in. And I said, well, give it to me. I can do it. I said, but just so you know, your bill is not going to be the normal because I charge by the minute. I don't charge per episode. So if you because to me, that doesn't make sense. What if you send me a seven minute episode and then the next month you do an hour long episode? Why should those both be the same price? Now, for the record, I don't do a lot of audio editing anymore, but I, I still have a couple people. And uh, I just told her, I said, it's going to take a while. And then there was drift. I've never had drift problems where. Oh, yeah. And so like every three answers, I had to stop and move her answer over. And it was a big old pain in the butt. And I think that would have been the same with Zencaster or Ringer. I mean, I've used them all and they've all had a hiccup. I had a problem where when I was using Ringer that the guy's phone that was on, it allowed him to install the app. But the phone was apparently ancient and 
I was able to, again, I was able to get there, his side of the story eventually, but I then had to kind of pieces part it together. And, you know, and I've had, like I said, Zencaster had a hiccup. So I think I'm with you. I think they're all going to. You're just going to have, no matter what you use, I've gotten really bad files out of Google Hangouts before. Yeah. You know, we did them and then I downloaded it the next day and I listened to it. And I'm like, oh, this is awful. Maybe I didn't get a good download. So I downloaded it again. Oh no, this is really awful. And there was some, there was a time I did a Google Hangout where the audio and the video were off. And like, <laughs> it almost never happens, but it does happen. Like so, bad Godzilla movie kind of thing? Yeah. Like the audio was like five seconds ahead of the video. Oh, the nice. Way, the whole way through. Like in, oh, nearly unusable. And I didn't fix it. I just screw it. Leave it just w- for what it is. But when we're, when we're using these kinds of technologies, and, and I think um, Rob and Alex talked about this on the Spreaker Live show this week. The only way to really prevent a lot of these is to have a backup. That's right. It. So. You record one way and then you got to do a double ender or you got to find ways that work. I mean, the hard part about a double ender is getting your your host or getting your guests to do it as well. Yeah, we know. We get it. It's hard. That's why we want these technologies to work. But there's so many factors that can make them not work that you just have to be careful. And you know what? If you got to do the interview again, do it again. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, hey, this happens to the pros too. I mean, it's not just, it's just not the amateurs. The pros do things that fail and don't work or they didn't get the lighting right or they forgot to turn the camera on or whatever. So or they forgot to press kind of, record. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I, I want to be careful. These guys are really, when we think about try or when we think about ringer and, and, um, the other, I'm, I'm, it's, you know, when you're trying to remember something and it just goes out of your head, but with those services, we gotta be, we gotta give them a little bit of slack because they're, it's a really difficult thing that they're doing. Well, yeah. And then throw on top of it, you know, even now they're kind of saying, would you please use Chrome or this or that? And people right. in the super are like, I want to use Internet Explorer. I should be able to use Internet Explorer. No, or not Firefox. Really. Yeah, that's the one I hear. I hear way more Firefox than I hear IE. I got to use Firefox. Well, it would be best if you use Chrome. Chrome. Yeah, to be honest, that's it. It's like, here's here's best practices. Now you can you can uh, use them or you cannot, And then you're going to be more likely to have an issue. So, it's, you know, be a little flexible. And I used to I mean, I've worked I work in support now uh, in previous jobs. I had a, a job where when I wasn't teaching, I was support. And I was always amazed at people. And, and I understand for the record, you're frustrated. You've been working on this for hours. But, you know, it's like getting mad at the mechanic. You know, this is the guy that's trying to fix your right. car and you're going right. to come over and I was like, that's really not helpful. Just unload on the dude. And of course, Dave, you know, when you get that call, that when you get that customer that calls you and unloads on you, you're so motivated to help them. Right. Oh, you're, yeah. Yeah. Because because the waitress isn't spitting in your soup. Right. Yeah. When when you've been a real yeah. a-hole. I, I'm not a, tempted at all to put you at the bottom of the list at all. No, not totally. at all. Yeah, I, I just I think, you know, oftentimes if we can approach these kinds of situations with a little bit of grace and a little bit of helpfulness back to these companies, I think we go we go a lot farther. I mean, I know when I'm working with folks and they come at me kindly, man, I will kill myself for them. I'll do everything I can to get that done. But if you're coming in guns blazing. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. You know, yikes. well, it's just number one, it's it's human nature to get defensive. You know, it's hard to, right. you know, that right. whole nine yards. So. Right. Well, and when you get, like I said earlier, when you get a customer that's just belligerent and no matter what you do, they're not going to be satisfied. You end up firing them. You know, you're like, hey, you know what? Maybe it's maybe it's time for you to go somewhere else. And I know you've probably, you and Mike have probably both gotten uh-huh. customers. Oh, yeah. Who, 
you know, that way. Like, oh, I was just at Blueberry and those guys are jerks over there. And and, and, and we announce for the record, like if, if we send somebody, they're like, that's it. You guys are I'm going to Blueberry. I'll go. Hey, Mike, <laughs> just don't worry. Watch out for this person. And Mike's done the same thing. Yeah. You know, um, I know. I know. It's just crazy. It, it is just, yeah, I had a, I had a, our fridge went out. Uh, of course, great weekend for it to go out, right? Easter weekend. And so the, uh, the fridge was, um, it's what it is. It's jealous of the washer. The washer's getting all that new attention. No, seriously, all my appliances <laughs> are breaking. I do not know what's going on. And so, yeah, the, we got this really cool washer. And so the fridge was once new parts now. And the nice. repair guy came and he asked, you know, hey, it's going to be 350 bucks. And I could just go off on him like, right. oh, the refrigerators suck. And, you know, I can't, mm. you guys, he's just the repair guy. Yeah. He didn't know? make the, yeah. yeah. He didn't make the refrigerator. He's just here to fix it. So I was super kind to him. Can I get you some water? Or would you like a soda? Yeah. You know, because he's kind of warm, but would you like a soda? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Open the fridge. It's your fault. This is warm. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Hey, I wanted to, to let you know, I was talking about this last week. I think it was a couple weeks ago. I'm not doing this week because I just remembered it. But I remember I said, I, I wish there was a way I could put timestamps as we're doing the show. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, your your iPhone has a timer on it. And the thing that, that I like about this is I think, and that's why I'm testing it right here. I know on the iPad, this will stay up like it doesn't go into sleep mode. And so I could easily look down and say, okay, at the 13 minute mark, we were talking about S town and at the 10 minute mark, we talked about artwork and things like that. So um, that's something I might be doing in the future. Cause the, the one thing I want to do, let me see if I can find that. Hey, you know, one of the things I found along those lines with Afonic, cause I've been keeping, I've been also, I tied it to the Google translator. So it's, it's coming mm-hmm. in and you know, it's giving me these transcripts and the transcripts aren't great, but right. they are timestamped. And so ah. you can go into the, if you're trying to find a spot in your own podcast that you, where you want to market with a timestamp, it gets you some pretty close, um, yeah, sometimes it won't be exact, but it would allow you to go to the file and listen to it and get the exact time. That could be another way. If you want to go back in, if you've got a long file and you want to get some help on, Hey, what was I talking about? You would at least be able to go through that transcript and, Oh, I don't know about every three minutes or something. It put, puts a timestamp in. I can't, I haven't figured out why or how it's choosing where to put timestamps in, but at least it breaks it down. And for me, for an hour and 20 minute show, it gives me, you know, 12 or so um, timestamps. The, um, well, I, I want to bring this up a little bit because I, I, I always hate overlapping the Ask the Podcast Coach show and, and the School of Podcasting. But we do every week anyway. And, <laughs> and I got an email from Josh Listing. He says, hey, Dave, hope you find this well. And for the record, um, Josh does a show called the podcaster survival guide, which is hilarious. You know, we're all vain and we all think people are talking about us. He always talks about, you know, without the, um, kind of like without the gibberish or the snake oil salesman of the podcast gurus. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, I'm a podcast guru. Are you, are you talking about me? Um, but he says, I'm, I'm sure it's obvious, but I think the reason some super fans in italics uh, aren't into the repeated content between Ask the Podcast Coach and the School of Podcasting, maybe due to the SOP coming out earlier than Ask the Podcast Coach um, because it's recorded later, meaning we, the listeners, get to hear the more fleshed out um, and complete idea first before hearing the um, kind of, you know, woodshedding yeah. of it. Because this comes out a couple weeks later. Yeah, he goes, I, I like hearing you speak with less authority about something you've already covered off uh 
off and on. But in all honesty, I love hearing where the ideas came from, so I don't mind it at all. But it was bugging me that listeners had an issue with this. So what I'm thinking about doing is the Todd Cochran, which is when this is done, turn around and just throw it right back up. No no editing, just like, you know. And the, the problem with me is I like to do show notes. So an hour-long show, an hour-and-a-half-long show, really takes me an hour and a half at least to do the show notes. So that's where it's like I might turn around and throw it out and then add show notes later, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. You could try it. Yeah. See if, if if I just don't find that many people read my show notes. So, yeah. you know, you kind of go, hmm. That's one of those things. I mean, I go through, I timestamp it. You know, I wish there would be a way to to, to track how many times the timestamps are because we cover so many topics because, we, we, you know, yeah, let me let's look at this transcript really quick. I don't know if this would be. Let me throw that up. This is yeah. the transcript. Here's a here's an alphonic transcript that I that we just did right. And again, it's not a hundred percent right. Right. But you can see here, you know, it 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 timestamps at the beginning. It recognizes there's the intro music at six seconds. At twenty one seconds, we're starting to kick in. You know, here's a minute fifty two, uh, three thirty one. I wonder how. And that's pretty long. I mean, again, this is an hour. In an hour and 20 minutes of a show, so an hour and a third or so. But I wonder how helpful that would be to, to grab, start looking at these. And the reason I do this is because Google Translator keeps getting better, or transcript keeps getting better and better and better. And I kind of, each week I kind of read through these things just to kind of see, okay, how close are we getting? But, you know, I wonder if that would be helpful at all, Dave. Yeah, maybe. Um, how much does that run? It's free. Yeah, you just you yeah you oh, from a through, well, yeah, the Google transcript part. yeah 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 so you just you uh, they the Alphonic runs you through all the instructions so you just go and you get a you create use your Google ID and you create this account with Google that for now is free and it just gives you this API code that you paste into Alphonic and then it, that that transcription service becomes automatically available for you in Alphonic when you're uploading the mp3 so you upload your i upload an aif file to them and say hey do your magic takes about an hour and they spit out the mp3 all run through and then i get um what else do they give me with that what if i I get what if i wasn't using Alphonic? is there a way to to you know oh i'm sure there is this just this just makes it drop dead simple i mean i get the here i'll show that i'll show that on the screen too you get this through their web interface um right so here's the uh here's the mp3 audio that you would normally get and then i get both this speech file this transcript and the subtitling Hmm. and that subtitling is important right because you get the um if you wanted to push that back up into YouTube, oh, I don't have the right thing to look at it, but if you wanted to push that thing back up into YouTube, it's YouTube ready to be a, to be the, the, um, you know, to be the subtitles on YouTube. So you could download it through here, redo it, and then push it back up to YouTube if you wanted to do it that way. So these are, these are all really, um, easy to, I mean, I set that up in maybe t- 20 minutes using the web interface for Alphonic. So pretty, like I said, pretty cool. Cause I was looking at trying to add closed captioning, which is the same thing in my book to a YouTube video. And it seemed like you had to buy that. So that's where I was like, Hmm. Yeah. So they're asking how's the accuracy uh, with more than one speaker. Well, the accuracy isn't great with any of the speakers. I do find that the clearer you speak, the better it gets. Right. So I'm a California mumbler. I kind of slur my words. I never finish a sentence. It's not great with me. 
I ran a file through of some gals who we do I, that I do some consulting for. They're very exact in their speaking, and it's a more scripted podcast. And and the the um, the transcripts were a million times better for them than they were for me. So I think the clearer you speak, the the better it gets. So for the rest of the podcast, we're going to talk <laughs> like this. Because <laughs> I know when I had Dragon Naturally Speaking, I was right. like, I can right. type faster than this. So yeah. why am I, period? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. So. One of the things I used to do, though, uh, with this is I would grab that transcript, which I knew wasn't very good, and I'd throw it into a word, a word cloud generator. Now, I wasn't creating word clouds. The word cloud generator would tell me the frequency at which words had been used. And then you would, I would exclude the and and and, you know, those, right. those conjunctions, right? And I would get a really good idea of my top five or 10 keywords in that podcast that I used. It was a very, very fast way without having to have to think about it of like, hey, what are the keywords I'm using? I, I must say, congratulate you've just I've never heard of a word cloud generator. Really? I've never heard of these things. That's pretty yeah, cool. Like like Wor- Wordle, I think is one of those um you've I never had, done a work. I think I had an Ant Wordle. <laughs> she was like ninety six <laughs> years old. Uh, depends. Um, the, uh, yeah, well, there was for a while, maybe seven, eight years ago, six, seven years ago, word clouds were real popular. Right. And so (laughs) I didn't use it for the word cloud, but there was one of those services that again, provided me the top 10 words in, in a section of text. And I found that helpful to be able to pull out the keywords then if I was looking for keywords in a show. See, that would be because for, for this, again, trying to get this show out, how do I know what to put in the show notes? If I can get the top 10 topics, now I can say in this week's show, we talk about blah, 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 no timestamps, up and away we go. So, hey, before we forget, next week, it's that week. That's right. The special, one time only, we're starting an hour earlier next week. So set your clocks and uh, otherwise you'll be coming here just about the time we start the post show. Yes, and I won't be able to do much of a post-show next week. I have a two-year-old birthday party, (laughs) which is why we're doing this. But I appreciate you guys moving the uh, the podcast up an hour. Dave, there's a question from Kyle in the chat room. All right. Can we, we'll get to that right after this because I want to forget this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Our, our awesome supporters, if you'd like to be an awesome supporter, go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And that includes awesome people. And I actually got to meet Gabriel did the thing where he signed up uh, for – he gets – personalized coaching once a month. If you, if you go to that top tier and he's like, well, that's a saving. So I've been hanging out with Gabriel. He's from podcastingpress.com. Guy's crushing it. He's 27 years old and just make, I'm like, he's like my hero. Um, as well as Josh Rivers from creativestudio.academy and Glenn, the geek from horseradionetwork.com. Uh, to see the rest of our awesome supporters, go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And now I've got to find the chat room. Gabe has a question that goes a little something like this and I can't find it. <laughs> what is oh, it? you're looking for Kyle's question? Kyle's question. There we He's, go. Okay, so he put a link in there. It says page five and six of this document, which shows the document shows two different kinds of studio setups. Um, what recommendation would you have for a podcast studio with four people in the same room? So for those who ah. are listening to the recorded version later, let me just quick describe. So the first room is a podcasting room where you have a kind of a producer's table and then four different, two or four different stations in a square. So think of a square, just an extended square table where you might have a producer on one end and then four mics going around. 
The second one, the second page shows a very similar setup, although this is a cart that's pretty mobile. And I like this idea. It's on a mobile cart and you have four microphones coming off of each corner with maybe like a Manfrotto clamp or something, some kind of clamp holding that mic um, in place. And I think either one of those, by the way, honestly, would do the, ex you'd get very similar sound from either one of them. You'd want to be in a room that wouldn't be echoey from that standpoint. I do like, uh, Kyle, I know you're working in schools and I do like the mobile setup of picture six, which is on kind of one of those little carts that yeah. you move around. That's a great idea. I may steal an idea like that for some of the podcasting that I do when I go to conferences and stuff. Cause you could literally just roll that card in and then do the, you know, do the podcast right off that cart. One of the things I think a lot of people get wrong, or at least they, they think wrong is as soon as you go to a setup like this, don't think your individual files of everybody. So if you say you're going to try to grab each channel, don't think any of those are going to be any good because the, the bleed over, the mic bleed over is just so bad. So you might as well, you're not getting any value in this scenario of, of multi-tracking uh, when you've got all the mics in the same uh, room. You also can't mute people if they're all in the same room. It just doesn't work because you, you mute them. They're going to bleed in if, if they're talking. You're still going to hear them on the other three mics because they're, they're, they're too close. So this is great to get great sound, but those are the limitations. Dave, what else do you think? Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I, what Jim just said, basically I see it's condenser microphone. So you're going to get a lot of bleed. Um, I do love the, the fact that it's portable. That's pretty cool. The fact that, uh, and I'm looking at slide six with the, uh, you basically have a cart with each corner of the cart has a microphone. So people are standing there and, uh, so you're not going to need headphone amplifiers to a certain extent because they're standing a foot and a half from each other. So you're not going to need headphone amplifiers. So that's one kind of bonus of this. And I think this will here again, we, we go into, um, yeah, four audio inputs recording into one iPad is a great feature. Yeah. So the, uh, this is where I ask the question, is it listenable? Because are you going to have some room noise? Absolutely. No way around it at this point. Uh, and I think it'll be fine. I really, it's it's going to sound better than this one where you got four guys in the room and, you know, you're turning it up. There's just nothing but room noise. That's, you know, and even that is listenable, you know, but it's going to sound, I think you're fine. Um, yeah. Get those mics right up on them. That's, yeah. that is one of those things. If you can get that, we did this conference a, a ways back and we had mics, we had two mics and a lot of room noise. And Auphonic was actually able to eliminate a lot of that background noise, although I didn't want it to, but mm -hmm. it, I, I, I wanted to see how good it was because we had such good quality vocals to begin with. Again, the farther you get those folks away from the mic, the harder it's going to be for those noise reduction uh, algorithms to get that noise out of there. So get them on the mics, get, get them right up to the mics. And I do, Dave, I do like the, the headphone idea just so they know what they're sounding like. That's true. I, you know, that's, that's one of those things where that works pretty well. It's if they know and they'll adjust. Yeah. The, um, Mike brings up a good point. I'm glad he, he brought this up cause I wanted to talk about this. Adam Curry is coming out with a box. It's smallbatch.audio. So not smallbatch.audio.com, smallbatch.audio. And he's basically got it set up. This is a guy that, that podcasts on the road all the time. And it's going to be this little box with basically a built-in noise gate compressor he, he wants it to be where you plug in a microphone and you get great audio out of the, the same side. You somehow plug it into Skype. It's what he uses for the no agenda show. And uh, 
It's fun to see Adam out and about. I, I've sent him an email that he's already ignored, so I'm very happy about that. That said, hey, you're you're pimping something. You want to come on my show? To which I got a whole lot of nothing. Um, but uh, I do have a, a tweet. I have a screenshot now because I uh, on the um, podcast newsflash, I, I talked about this. And I see where he retweeted it and said, uh, I loved you, Dave Jackson. I'm like, that's it. I'm going to frame that. <laughs> the podfather, I, I think I have the vapors. Um, it's like... <laughs> You know, um, nice. so he's, nice. he's a pretty nice guy. He is a really nice guy. Um, he's also six, four. You always forget about that. When you talk to Adam, you get a stiff neck. Here's my thing. And I, I was talking to Jim Harold, the guy that didn't get on the Cleveland podcasters list as well. We might buy this. I feel, I don't know about you. This is one of those law of reciprocity. I would buy this as a thank you present. You know what I mean? Now, one hand I would buy it so I could review it. But no Adam Curry, no Dave Weiner, no podcasting. I'm not sitting here, you know, and it's like 500 bucks is a lot of money in my world. But I would like, you know what, I'm in a way I would probably think about buying it. Um, so I haven't I'll be very happy when the Kickstarter comes out and they actually show the box and I can get an idea of what it really is, because that may not be. It's one of those things where and, and this is a key thing you have to remember with stuff. You got to remember who's, who designed it. Um, I was using, uh, I've been playing with podcasteasy.com. In fact, if you're an awesome supporter, you saw a walkthrough of that. Uh, and that was based on this guy, like what he did. So here, this is a tool made by Adam for Adam. And he's throwing in some things that you might want. But if you're not a person that's podcasting on the road or you're not doing Skype interview, it may not be a tool for you. So I'll, I'll be more interested when I see exactly what it does, when I get to hear some examples. Now, he always says, if you want to hear examples, just go listen to the No Agenda show, which does sound great. But I, I don't, I understand kind of what it is and what it does, but it's kind of like, you know, it's like somebody giving you the ingredients of a recipe. Yeah, but I haven't really tasted it yet. So I'm excited. I, I, I know he's been working on this thing for like 10 years. So, and I, I think Adam is a guy that wouldn't put out crap because... Because he's Adam Curry. No, I think he's pretty picky, isn't he? Yeah. Just from a personality standpoint, yeah. I don't think he's a, he just, he doesn't give in. Somebody sent him a item and if he doesn't like it, I think he says he doesn't like it. I know another guy like that, uh, yeah. named Dave Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing I loved is he got some videos over there and they left some of the like bloopers in there. And he's like, yeah, I guess I should say I'm from MTV. So you can kind of tell he's kind of like, oh, God, am I still the guy from MTV that was like 50 years ago? It's been a while. Yeah. Although I did see somebody on Twitter today say, uh, one of my buddies on Twitter saying, I'm watching, I guess there's they're doing MTV. It's an 80s something. And right. it's back to the 80s, you know? And so he's like, man, I feel like I'm 17 again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is better for podcasting, Aaron says, Mixler or audio interface? Mixer audio interface. That's a good mixer question. Audio interface. I just I think it depends on what you what you're best depends at. On, I like a mixer. Yeah. Audio interfaces are were difficult for me. I mean, I, I could have made it work, and I, and I had the I bought the um, oh name name a couple audio interfaces. Uh, there's um well there's the the red thing the scarlet interface. And I got the blue. Yeah, I think that's what I got. The scarlet interface. Channel. The two i two. Then there's the two i four, which I think is the one you need if you're going to do a mix minus. That's half the thing. You can't do in many cases, a mix minus where in, in what a mix minus is, which is what I'm doing right now is Jim's sound is coming into my mixer and I'm sending the sound to Jim of me as well as the sound of the, Whoa! the iPad. Whoa! 
but not Jim. Because if I did that, if I want to make Jim sound drunk, um, Jim, go ahead and talk a little bit. Sounding very drunk now. Oh, wrong button. Point. Hold on. There right. we go. This one. Sounding very drunk now. So, so you have a loud echo in your ear now, probably? No, I don't. It's not coming back oh, to me. Oh, that's but. because that's the... Oh, yeah, but you get the idea. If I send this up... Yeah, yeah. Because what it is, is the sound of Jim goes back to Jim about a half a second delay. So all of a sudden, Jim's sounding fine, and all of a sudden, he starts yeah, talking he like... starts slowing down. Yeah, because he's listening to himself. So that's the um, the thing. Uh, yeah, Mike says Adam's box will do a mix minus. So it kind of well, depends... On, on what you're doing. And, and again, I was playing with this earlier, right? But a mixer can can do things like add a lot of bass to your voice or I could make it really, 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 really clear. You know, so if you're depending on what mic you want, that's why I say it all, I'm a big fan of like, I don't care what mic you get. You can make them all sound good if you got a mixer. Now, on the other hand, an interface has one job and that's to get your sound into the computer with as little as noise as possible. So and then you can tweak the the EQ later in the software. So um, yeah, but I, I am not a big fan of software EQs. I just, I don't, yeah. for most podcasters, it's unreliable. And it, I, it's, I'm just not a fan of it. Voice meter is one of those applications you can use with an audio interface. Um, it was funny. I think I was listening to podcasters around table and Daniel kept call. He kept saying it voice meter because it's got, <laughs> it's got two E's in it, you know, yeah. and there, which is awesome. So Daniel, good work. It was, it was, I, I laughed uh, when you said that, but voice meter is one of those software applications or you can do a mix minus in the software, yeah. which is really, really interesting. But until your computer crashes in the middle of something or it starts, you know, your processor goes to hundred percent processing for some reason, you don't know why I prefer the, I prefer the processing to be done on hardware. And I, that's just why I like a mixer. So I would, for me, for new podcasters or even those, if you're, if you've never used a, a, an interface before, I'd stick with the mixer. I think it just makes more sense and it's easier. Some of the newer mixers too have, have a USB pass through. It's a single button and you can pass through anything you want right from your computer into the sound that's coming out the, the mains. And it's just super drop dead simple. And in a lot of cases, it doesn't even require you to make a mix minus. So there's lots of value in some of the new USB um, um, you know, uh, mixers that are out there. If it were me and I was doing it for the first time, I would definitely go with a mixer. Yeah, I almost, I mean, I was like this close at Guitar Center, bought a Scarlett 2i4 because I hear that if you're going to do a mix minus with a Scarlett, it has to be the 2i4, not the 2i2. And it's one of those where I had to kind of go, why am I getting this again? And it's like, do I, do I, do what I have now, does it work? Yes. Then why am I looking at this? Because it's red and it's shiny. And I just went, mm, okay, never mind. And I thought, well, I, you know, yeah. again, if I'm going to, cool. if I'm going to talk about this, I should probably own it and sniff it and smell it and scratch it. But I'm like, mm, not right now, at least because they had a used one at, at Guitar Center. And I was like, Ooh, $59. That's, that's much better than the, whatever they normally are. Um, so I'm with you. I'm a, I'm a mixer guy, but if all I was doing was Skype interviews and I'm not playing music and it's just always going to be me and one other person, and I'm never going to add anything else, I would think about a Scarlet. You know, if, if I could do that and then, cause you, there is a main output somewhere. Um, you know, if it was just me and Skype interviews, I think about this and screw the mixer, you know, and I would just use the output of this bad boy and go right into a portable it's, recorder. It's really good. The USB on these are yeah. almost better than running them through a mixer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. so 
And and I think they there is the preamp situation to think about. These twenty one hundreds are very gain hungry in a lot of ways, and so it, you know you if you run them straight in, you are on, on most boards unless they have a preamp on that channel. You are going to crank the you're going to crank the gain up. I have mine about three quarters of the way up to get the right amount of gain that I want for this mic. I could run a I could run a preamp through it to get it there. I've just chosen not to, but yeah. um, that's a whole nother, that's, you know, when we think about these audio interfaces, uh, many of them have got a great preamp in them as well. And uh, Craig makes a great point from uh, Inglaeus podcast that, A, you can do a mix minus with the Focusrite software. And he mentions that they have, uh, they have great preamps. So, yeah. And I'm just, I, that's again with me, I, I, the least I can do in software, especially while I'm recording it, I, I would just want my my computer to focus on um, just recording, recording, and keeping yeah, us just connected. record, just record. If I, I think if you can throw hardware at the problem, I, it's I think that's easier than trying to fix it in software. Yeah. So, but I I I I will eventually own a focus, right? I can just tell you, right? I've come. I mean, I was like, I was on the edge. I was looking at it, and I was like. Mm, I should probably, if I'm going to talk about these, I should probably own one of these. But then I look up in my closet and I just see, you know, I have a closet full of stuff. I should have a garage sale, you know, and just sell some of this. You stuff. should have a virtual garage sale <laughs> where you, you do it with your your podcasters group, yeah. you know, there in Cleveland and say, hey, who needs what? And and I know uh, Paul Therott used to do this. He's a big Windows guy and I yeah. listen to him because I'm a Windows guy. And Paul would be given, you know, people would give him stuff or he would have bought stuff that he just didn't need anymore. And he would have these big listener sales where he would just throw it out to the listeners and say, you could do that in school podcasting and say, hey, I got some stuff for sale. Head over here. I got a page, you know, if you want to pick it up. And that way your listeners could really get a, could take advantage. And you could tell them then, this is what I like. This is what I didn't like. Yeah. So, hey, that music means... That uh, believe it or not, it's eleven thirty already. Holy cow! Hey, in post show, I found a cool tool that lets you see who's making the most money on Patreon. It's really cool. And of course, if you want to see that, go over to askthepodcastcoach.com/slash/awesome and become an awesome supporter. If you're not here live, and uh, Jim, what's coming up on uh, theaverageguy.tv? Oh, that's a great question. We just covered, uh, and it's released already out there, we just covered the creator's update for Windows 10. So we talked about that last week. If you want to get some more in-depth details into it, a whole hour and 20 minutes with Rich Hay from WinSuperSite and a ton of technical information about the creator's update for Windows 10. And on the School of Podcasting this week, you'll hear me interview Joe Salcihai. I got to get that guy's name straight between now and then. Um, Talking about, yes, you want to give your audience what they need, as long as it's in line with your business. Ah, there's a catch to that. So thanks for listening. Stick around for the post show. And I hit stop.